looking for a way to get new leads onto your email list and use your lead magnet to build a relationship with them? Look no farther because what you're going to want to create is a quiz. And my friend Linda is here to tell you all about how to get started crafting your own. Linda Sidhu is a list building expert who helps entrepreneurs create irresistible personality quizzes that attract hundreds of new subscribers on autopilot. As a former top 10 pharmaceutical sales rep, she had extensive training in personality types. She took the same methods that worked for selling products face-to-face and turned them into a personality quiz framework that converts views to leads at 70% and helps craft personalized marketing for her customers. Linda has been featured in Forbes and on multiple podcasts, including The Art of Online Business with Mick Mulready and The Go-To Gal with Jacqueline Malone and The Cubicle to CEO Podcast with Ellen Yin. In today's episode, Linda walks us through where to begin when creating a quiz, how to ensure your audience wants to take the quiz, tips for helping quiz takers finish the full quiz, what to do post-quiz, and so much more. This episode is jam-packed with incredible tips for creating your next lead magnet. And for those of you that are inside Chasing Simple Marketing, the community, and currently working on your lead magnets, this is a must-listen to. You're listening to episode 185 of the Chasing Simple podcast, and I'm your host, Amanda Warfield. This episode was brought to you by the Chasing Simple Content Planner, and you can grab your 2024 version at amandawarfield.com slash planner. How do I find time to create content without overwhelming myself? Where should I even be showing up in my marketing? How do I come up with fresh content ideas? Where should I be focusing my marketing efforts? What is lead generation anyways, and how do I do it? Are launches still a thing? And most importantly, how do I put it all together to market my business strategically? Can I really grow my business without spending all of my time marketing? These are some of the questions that float around in your head when you think of marketing. Welcome friend. This is Chasing Simple, where practical marketing strategy meets simplicity. I'm your host, Amanda Warfield, simplicity-focused content marketing and launch strategist, speaker, educator, and author of Chasing Simple Marketing. I traded in my classroom lesson plans for helping creative entrepreneurs sustainably fit marketing into their business without it taking over their business so that they have time to grow their business, take time off, and live the life they dreamed about when they first decided to go out on their own. When I'm working, you can find me working with one-on-one clients such as The Contract Shop and Rebecca Rice Photography on their marketing strategy and copywriting, or helping my students simplify their marketing and launches. And when I'm not, you can find me spending time outside with my husband, Russell, reading in our hammock, watching Gamecock sports, traveling, or forcing our cats to snuggle me. If you feel overwhelmed by marketing, you aren't alone. Many entrepreneurs find marketing frustrating, overwhelming, and simply an obligation. They know they need it, but they don't enjoy how easily it can suck up their time when what they really want to be doing is the thing that they started their business to do. Which is why I'm here, to help make marketing simple and less time consuming, so that you can spend less time on your marketing and more time growing your business and doing what you love. Each week, I'll bring you transparent conversations, actionable steps, and judgment-free community to encourage and equip you. So grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever your drink of choice is, and meet me here each week for love, support, practical tips, and advice on uncomplicating your marketing and business. Let's do this entrepreneurship thing together, shall we? Really quickly, before we dive into this episode, I just have to share something that I'm really excited about with you. My book, Chasing Simple Marketing, is launching this July. 
I wrote this book for the business owner that stumbled into entrepreneurship because they were following their passion, but without that master's of business administration or that background in business, well, they find marketing overwhelming and frustrating. Throughout these pages, I'm going to take you on a simplicity-focused journey to improve your content marketing, and you'll walk away with an actionable plan to simplify your marketing so that you can fit your marketing into your business without it taking over your business. To learn more about how to grab your own copy and even potentially get on the launch team, head over to amandawarfield.com slash book. I'll see you there. All right, Linda, I am so, so excited to have you on. I've really been looking forward to this episode and we just chatted for like five minutes, 10 minutes before we even hit record. So sorry that all of you missed out on that, but can you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here, Amanda. I love talking about how to attract leads for your business, specifically with personality quizzes. So if you don't know me, I'm Linda Sudu. I am a personality expert and quiz creator. And how I got here, what I would just have to tell you a, a backstory of, you know, 15 years ago, I was in pharmaceutical sales and I worked with dermatologists. So it was like a specialty. And at the time, I really was nervous about talking to these doctors about my products because I felt like they knew way more about them than I did. And there was no way I was going to be able to sell them something, right? So luckily, my company really helped me understand different personalities and so how to communicate to different people. And so I really relied on that. And I actually became certified in DISC. So DISC is the model I used. It's dominant, influencer, steady, or conscientious. And for over 10 years, I would sit in my car and I'd be like, okay, Dr. Amanda, I'm going to go see her. What type of personality does she have? And if you were a dominant personality, I would go in, I'd get to the point, I'd give them options, I'd let them dictate how they were going to use my product, and then I'd get out of there. I was efficient with their time. However, if you were a little bit more heart-centered, like the opposite personality, maybe I'd ask how your weekend was, maybe I'd bring lunch instead so I could give you more time with me. I would show data on my products. I would talk about the testimonials and show before and after pictures with the acne patients. You know what I mean? And um, I would recognize that that type of person, sometimes it takes almost two years for you to build your know, like, and trust factor before they would ever use your product on their patients, right? So what happened was I um, retired pharmaceutical sales when my son went was born, had the opportunity to stay home. However, when he went to school and he started kindergarten, I launched my business and I was doing email marketing at the time. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to do a personality quiz because in my head, understanding people's personalities was the key to having a better communication. And then you could sell your offers in an effortless way, right? So I launched a personality quiz. And what happened was Interact, the quiz platform, thought my quiz was uh, doing better than quizzes they've had before. The conversion rates were higher. Not only that, but I had friends sharing it left and right. They were sharing it in their Facebook group. Like, this is the result I got. What did you get? Like, and it just went bananas. And so at that point, I followed the breadcrumbs and I said, well, maybe I should really just focus on the top of funnel personality quizzes versus just email marketing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. I actually focused, it led me to the decision to start focusing on personality quizzes for business owners. Okay. I love this so much. One, because I love personality tests. But two, I love that it, it forces you to think about your audience 
as individual people, because I think we can, you know, before we hopped on and hit record, we had this whole conversation about how the art of relationship building is kind of lost. Right. And I think that that's something that's so great within what you're doing with these personality quizzes for businesses is that it forces you to think about the different people that are in your audience. And it's not just one collective body of people and it's not one collective one. It's there are a lot of different people in my audience and how can I figure out what their personalities are and group them together in order to serve them really well? Well, what quizzes do is in a fun way, they solicit information and feedback from your audience as well. So you're also doing ongoing research. One of the first quest questions I have in my quiz is what do you identify with? Are you a coach, a course creator, a copywriter, something other? And I realized that almost 50% of my audience were coaches. And I didn't know that at the time. So that dictates, okay, where am I going to show up now? Well, look at podcasts, you know, that have coaches as an audience, for example, Dallas Travers comes to mind. She's got that podcast coaches on a mission, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, now all of a sudden I know that being a little bit more intentional, it probably is wise for me to pitch Dallas to be on her podcast so I can get in front of other coaches who tend to be on my email list as well. Those are also people who are creating quizzes and having success with them, right? Mm-hmm. Course creators are another one. So thinking outside the box on this, I'm like, okay, Kajabi, they are a platform that have post courses. Like I'd love to somehow build a relationship with that company, right? Or if you think like Amy Porterfield, she has digital courses. So that really just kind of dictates you and allows you to be more intentional. But going back to the clients, when people are taking your quiz, you're engaging with them right off the bat. Uh, They're going to their email box and they're looking to see what result they got, possibly sharing it with friends, but they are a more engaged lead and they're going to stay on your email list longer because you're making extra effort to connect with them. What do you think it is about your quizzes that it, it, it makes it so attractive that people want to take it? How do you make it so that people see the quiz and are like, yes. That's one I want to spend my my time taking. So you really need to have a really good title for your quiz. I actually just wrapped up a three-day Nail Your Quiz Idea Challenge last week. I run them once or twice a year. So if you missed this one, don't worry. I'll probably run another one because they are so successful. Really, you want your title to be something that people beg to click on. Now, titles are really good for two reasons. One, because they're going to attract your right audience. You need someone to look at that title and say, yes, that's me. And it's got to be compelling enough to, you know, click, you know, start quiz. The other thing it does is it repels your audience. So by having a good title, people are going to look at it and say, that's not me. And they're not going to take it and they won't become a lead. So when you have a good quiz title, what happens is you're going to get not only not only quality leads, but I'm sorry, not only quantity leads, but quality leads, right? So I'll give you a great example of this. Um, I had a coach create a quiz and she really honed a niche down into, I want to help people with ADHD. She has ADHD. She realized a lot of people that's in her audience has ADHD. And so when we were working on her quiz, she said, I'm going to focus on this. And so her title of her quiz is what's your ADHD superpower. And you better believe when people look at that quiz, they have ADHD, right? Same thing goes for a coach who might be helping people with their midlife crisis. I had somebody come to me who wanted to create a quiz and, you know, her audience really was that person who was heading into the second chapter of their life. We didn't want to say the word crisis. We wanted it to be positive. 
but she was really focusing on an age group, right? So women over 40. So that was part of her quiz title, women over 40, what's your midlife advantage? Mm-hmm. So now people, women over 40 were saying, that's me. People in their twenties weren't taking it <laughs> and she was getting quality leads. So I really think it boils down to having a, like nailing your quiz title and idea. That's so interesting. And I, I look at people's titles for everything. I'm like, wow, that's so good. And then I struggle with coming up with my own so often right now, as I'm writing my book, that's what I'm stuck on is the tagline for the book, because I just struggle with that. Do you have any tips on the best ways to figure out what to name things? Yeah, it's pretty simple. First of all, you got to think about your offer. So after people take your quiz, what do you want them to do? Because you're going to need to communicate with them and get them down the funnel to actually become a new lead, right? Particularly purchasing something from you. So for example, I have the quiz lab. And so that is my offer or I create quizzes for people, right? So I work backwards from my offer quizzes. And then from there, I try to figure out, well, what's my expertise? Like, what can I do to serve them? So Really, when I think about people who want to create a quiz, they they know they want a quiz. They just don't know what their strategy or what they should do. There's a lot of moving parts. And so I kind of combine that with um, some of the things I hear from my audience when I do research. And typically what I hear is people don't know what their title should be. They don't know what their idea should be. They also, when they do have a quiz, don't know how to promote it. Like there's so many things that they don't know. But the first basic thing when I was thinking of my own title was, well, I know people are coming to me because they want a quiz, but they don't actually know what to do after that. Like they know what they want a quiz. So I named my quiz title, what's your quiz to cash strategy? And then it um, the results actually show you which strategy you're leaning into your strengths. You know what I mean? What are you, what are your strengths? Who are you? Let's stroke your ego for a while and like celebrate who you are. And then I also give a strategy on like, okay, here's how you, here's, you want to create a quiz. You'll want to have a welcome series. You have your own strategy that works with your personality, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I decided to go with. You know, book titles are probably different. So maybe they are, maybe they're not, but at the end of the day, you want something good that people are going to pick up again, and they're going to identify with it and say, I want to read this book. So, okay. We've got people they're in, they're taking the quiz. Maybe they've gotten all the way through the quiz. What tips do you have for helping ensure that people actually complete the quiz? They don't just start it and then end up bored halfway through. So I always, I think it boils down to the questions you're asking them in the quiz. And this is a good question. Uh, So I'm excited to answer this actually, because a lot of people actually skip over this part. Um, But what happens is there's three questions I like to ask. One is personality questions, so we can ensure that they get the right personality result. Typically, I have five of those in there just to try to dictate, okay, let's see if we can get the right personality. So when she sees, when he or she sees the results, they say, oh my gosh, that's totally me, right? The personality questions. Second is research questions. Research question was the one I gave a little bit ago. An example of that is like, what do you identify with? Are you coach, course creator, copywriter, or other? The research questions help you as an entrepreneur. Try not to make them really heavy, like, you know, what's holding you back or what's the biggest obstacle, like, and then tons of words, right? Like ask the question, get to the point, try to be super tight 
with the question and the answers too. And then the last question I like to ask is engaging questions. These are just kind of on theme with the quiz. They're there to have fun. They really don't mean anything except for trying to, they, I kind of layer them in between two harder questions. And the harder questions are the personality of the research questions, right? They make you think a little longer. So if there's two personality questions in a row, I might throw in an engagement question just to, it's like a softball question just to get them to answer it and move on. I typically don't have more than 10 questions because anything more than 10, you're probably looking at the bottom, like how long, how many questions do I have to get through this? You don't want your new leads to feel that way. Um, And then the good thing with quizzes is you can actually go back to your data and see the percentages of where people are falling off. In my particular quiz, people fall off the highest percent at question number two. I actually leave that there for teaching purposes when I, for people who are in my quiz lab. And the reason why I do that is because it's about a 10% drop off, but it's a hard question and I'm making people think too hard. And so I'm showing people, okay, this is a live example of what you don't want to do. Um, I mean, if it was like 20, 30%, I would totally change it. 10% is not bad, but you don't want anything like higher than 6% for drop off rates. All my other questions are less than like 1% drop off. So I don't know if that answered your question, but you really want to have good, engaging questions. You want them tight with getting to the point as quick as possible because people only have seconds to look at that. They're distracted. If you've lost them, they're going to click out of it. Yeah, no, that's super helpful in so many ways. I feel like I should be taking notes right now. You mentioned earlier, you've got to have a strategy, like an end game involved that you're leading them to. What about the quiz sets them up for potential sale later, later, a potential conversion to whatever it is that you're, you're trying to move them towards. What about a quiz sets them up for that? Yeah. So when people take your quiz, the most important thing you're trying to do is get them to become a new lead. So it's really about attracting them. Then there's another step called the welcome series. And so this is a mistake I see entrepreneurs make is they might create a quiz, but then they don't have a welcome series attached to it. And that's a missed opportunity because the welcome series has a lot of magic. In the welcome series, you're validating your new leads. You're sending an email to build your know, like, and trust factor. You're also um, sharing ways and micro commitments to uh, get to know you better. I know when I was on Ellen Yen's podcast, Cubicle to CEO, I've been wanting to actually use that podcast interview and repurpose it into my welcome series because, again, that was a really good episode I was on. It's great to repurpose those things, but that episode alone is going to get them in, you know, listening to you, right? And so think about podcast interviews that you want to share. I was able to be featured in Forbes. So I definitely put that in there in one of my emails where I was sharing more about who I am. And the Forbes article was talking about a failed partnership that I had and how I overcame that. And so that's part of my story. So I have that in one of my emails, but it's also a credibility marker, right? Mm -hmm. So repurpose those things is really important. And when people click on a podcast interview or a a Forbes feature, you're getting micro commitments. So you're getting them to click, you're getting them more into your world. And what quizzes and the welcome series can potentially do is get people to binge your content. And when people start binging your content, they're getting really excited to purchase from you. And then so the last couple emails, you could utilize a couple strategies. I like to utilize the nine-word email. So right before my last email in my welcome series, I will say, Amanda, are you still interested in creating a quiz? If so, click here. And, you know, whether it's like a calendar link at the time to book a one-on-one call, 
or maybe quiz lab is open. It'll be a link to join the quiz lab. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very short to the point, usually nine words. Um, and people view that email uh, as almost like a pattern interruption. Uh, but not only that, it looks like a personal email was sent to them because it's how you would talk to a friend. Um, mm-hmm. So typically they'll click on it. And I have actually had people book calls that way. No problem. Um, and then potentially become a client, right? And then the very last email you send to them in your welcome series for your quiz typically is on next steps if you haven't already talked about it sooner, right? So if I'm running my three-day nail your quiz idea challenge, that's what I'm asking people to join, um, things like that. And then maybe the last email is all about joining my three-day nail your quiz idea challenge. And then when they join your challenge, you take them further. We help them come up with their quiz title. They get an instant win. You've got the open, you know, doors open for Quiz Lab, and now you're asking them to become a client. And that's kind of how it all works. Just depends on what you have available to offer. I know some clients who create quizzes don't have a course. Mm-hmm. So they're offering booking a call, like, why don't you book a call and we'll talk about one on one support? There are people who use it to sell out group coaching programs. There's people who use it, um, you know, for different reasons. I am actually, I was hired recently where I'm doing a quiz right now where she just really wants people to binge her podcast episodes. So now it's like a personalized podcast um, for each personality. And we've really had some fun repurposing all that amazing content. And what the people are going to do is it's just going to binge all these amazing episodes. And the way we tailored the quiz was based on their personality. So we're serving up what they need based on who they are. So do you essentially create three different welcome sequences or however many personalities come out of the quiz and then you send people down whichever one they fall into? I try to keep it simple personally, but I did have a client in the quiz lab that personalized, she did a private podcast for each personality. And so she personalized everybody's welcome series. So that was 20 different uh, episodes that she created. But I will tell you, she went from 13K to over six figures in a year by doing that. So the more you personalize your content and the more effort you put into place, and by the way, all of this is on automation at this point, right? So it's not like, you know, after you put the time and the commitment to do it, you build a foundation, it's all there. She was able to see how she attracted the right lead. She was able to see the micro commitments, people booking a call and then booking the actual service, right? So she had an awesome story. But no, I usually keep it simple. I usually recreate four email ones so they're unique. And then I put the rest of the emails in each sequence for each personality to keep it simple. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. That's great. So, okay, you mentioned that a common mistake you see is that people don't have a welcome sequence afterwards. Are there any other common mistakes that we should avoid? Yeah, a lot of times people um, will write the questions first. You actually want to come up with the theme and then you want to write, write the results first and then the questions. Cause then you know what questions are going to get the right result. You almost have to reverse engineer the entire thing. So you have to work backwards from your offer. Same thing with a quiz. You have to work backwards with what you, how you put the quiz together. So really just kicking it off properly and like not starting with the questions is another mistake. The second mistake besides the welcome series, cause there's three big mistakes. One is um, starting it off improperly. Number two is not having a welcome series. And number three is not knowing how to promote it. A lot of times people work really hard on putting this amazing quiz together and then they don't know how to promote it. Um, And so I really try to work with individuals based on their personalities, like what feels good to you, Um, you know, encouraging people to get on podcasts so they can share it. 
Um, having friends do partner like email swaps so they can share it, like partnering, networking with other people. You can put it, um, you can run Facebook ads, you can put it on Instagram. I mean, there's so many ways, but a lot of times I feel pretty bad. Um, they fall short because they don't know what to do. It's almost like you build a website, they're supposed to come. Same thing with a quiz. They think I've got a quiz, everybody's gonna take it. It's not the case. You almost have to treat it like it's its own launch, believe it or not, mm-hmm. and really put the focus and energy there. Yeah, no, I think that's such a great point because really with any project that you have, you've got to have a marketing plan for it because otherwise it's just going to sit there and then you're going to think, well, that didn't work. And it's not that it didn't work. It's that you didn't let anyone know that it existed. Exactly. Oh man, this has been so good. And I know that I have so much to think of and I've created a quiz before. So I know that all the listeners are definitely just like probably a little overwhelmed with all the things that they want to do. So what would you say that the, the number one action step to take from all of this would be? Yeah. So this is another great question. I think before you do anything, what's really going to serve your audience is for them to do some research. So I want to give your audience three questions to ask their audience, and I want to encourage them to send out a survey. And if they can, I would love for them to do an interview with like six different people to really get this information. One of the best questions I like to ask is what are you struggling with in regards to your expertise? So for me, I would say, what are you struggling with when it comes to you know, attracting leads or growing your email list, right? And that information alone is going to really tell you what your ideal client is having trouble with. And it's going to allow you to get into their head. And you can actually take this information and use it in emails. You can use it on your quiz results. You can use it on your um, sales pages. That alone is just an incredible question to ask. Another great question to ask your audience is what's holding you back from working with me? That'll tell you why they're not buying from you. Um, And then the third question is, imagine if they received what they really wanted, right? In regards to your expertise. So for me, I would say, imagine if you grew your email list by 500 people in seven days, because people were coming to me because they want to grow their email list. I did have a client grow their email list by 500 people in seven days. So I felt like I could say that (laughs) because it was achieved by somebody versus like throwing out a silly number, right? So imagine if you achieved their desired result in regards to how you can help them, right? That is also going to give you some really good information. I would also ask people what podcasts they listen to because it's really important for you to start pitching yourself on podcasts and getting in front of borrowed audiences. So people who've already built the know, like, and trust factor, if they put you on your podcast, they're exposing, you know, the audience to you. And that kind of takes the lead already to be warm to hot, right? And you know this, <laughs> um, but I always like to ask people. So in, I actually have a survey in my quiz welcome series on automation, and it has all these questions in there. So if you take my quiz, you're going to see my welcome series. And an email too is where I have my survey. And now I have almost 200 people that have taken my survey with those questions. And it's all on automation, which I'm sure you're going to love that, right? (laughs) And so you can go back and look at all the answers. And if I'm looking to pitch podcasts, I'll be like, hey, Amanda's on that list. I should pitch her. (laughs) That's genius. I'm going to have to go into my welcome sequence and add that. That's so smart. (laughs) Okay. So if you could give everyone one book recommendation, what would it be? And actually, when I was thinking about this yesterday, it's not a book that is out yet, but it's one I'm very excited that's coming out June 13th. Okay. But Laura Belgray, she's a mentor of mine. She has written and she's releasing her first book. 
and it's called Tough Titties. Love it. And she is actually, if you don't know Laura, she's incredible. She's an an award-winning copywriter. She was partners with Marie Forleo and uh, they have a joint course together called Copy Cure. Uh, She's incredible. She's worked for Bravo, Nick at Night, you name it. She's an incredible writer and she's a good friend of mine now. And I've already pre-ordered it. And I'm also going to be part of her launch team because I'm so excited. But yeah, I'm thrilled. It comes out, I think, June, thir- June 13th. It's called Tough Titties. And I'm actually ordering probably 40 plus books to give to friends and families and clients. And I cannot wait to get my hands on it. <laughs> That's so exciting. I will definitely have to check that out. And I will make sure that we add that link to the show notes. so Everyone else awesome. can check it out too. Okay. So I know everyone has just probably got a million more questions for you about quizzes and how to set them up and use them in their business. Where can they find you and learn more from you? Yeah. If you can share the link to my quiz, which mm-hmm. is what's your quiz to cash strategy. I love my quiz right. because I basically built it for my audience so we can personalize what strategy is right for you and your personality. So it's what's your quiz to cash strategy. If you get on my email list, that's my best way of um, showing up. And actually, I'm doing a fun thing for my community with Laura's book. Um, Mm -hmm. If you order the book, you can get a workshop with me and her exclusively. So I always like to serve my community, um, you know, give away different surprises and different things um, when I can. Last year, I was hosting a lot of virtual mixers uh, where I was getting entrepreneurs together. And, you know, it's just so much fun when you can serve people and just really get to know them. I wish I could do more of it, (laughs) but there's only so much I can do, but the best way to get on my, in my community is on my email list. And then you'll hear of all these incredible things to do. Great. We will link to that in the show notes as well. So everyone can get inside. Thank you so much for being here, Linda. This has just been incredible. Absolutely. It was such a pleasure for me. Thank you so much for joining me here today, friend. You can find this episode show notes as well as all of the resources you need to simplify your marketing over at amandawarfield.com. If you liked what you heard here today, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And if you could take a moment to leave a rating and review, it would truly mean the world to me. Ratings and reviews are the number one way that you can support a podcast and ensure that it sticks around for many more episodes to come. I'll see you next time. Now go out and uncomplicate your marketing and business.